Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Today's guest is a well-deserved treat after a long night out. A trained vocalist and performance artist, she's remained a staple of the local art scene and one of the prime faces of Perth drag queens. Out in Perth referred to her as a fabulous strutting peacock, but you probably know her better as Donna Kebab. Donna, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What an intro. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> you sitting there being like, I'm just going to paste all this shit together and be like, here's a sentence. I love it. Done. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> My goodness. You can contact me for bio work. And <laughs> <laughs> I might hold you to that. Yeah, I probably won't do it. <laughs> yeah. Knowing my entire personality. Yeah, and this time of the year as well. There's no time for there anything. There is no time for anything. Oh, of course, I'm supposed to mention that this is a part of my Fringe Blitz. Oh, I'm so bad today. This is my final episode in the Fringe Blitz. Um, so we've had six weeks straight. This is the final one of um, just talking to all of the incredible shows um, and people of those shows at Perth Fringe. And we're finishing on my show, God damn it! Yes, that's right. God damn it! we're finishing on my show that probably everyone is sick of hearing the ads for in the middle of this podcast. You're going to hear another one today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get into any of that, I need to deep dive on my incredible guest, Donna. Hi, deep dive. My deep goodness. Dive. Yeah. Oh, no, we'll start shallow. I'll <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, work me up. <laughs> <laughs> Why drag for you? Um, it's funny because like, um, even when I was like three, four, five years old, I was always in my mom's wardrobe. I was always mm. putting on her heels. Yes. There was always something that was in me. I was like born with the sickness, you know, <laughs> that's what we call it. Um, and then like, I was always performing and stuff like that. But then as I, you know, turned 18 and mm. stuff, I saw, you know, the drag queens that were in the scene at the time when like Hannah Condor ruled the, yes. the perf scene and yeah. stuff. And I was just like... I was scared but intrigued mm. as like a little 18-year-old. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what's this sort of thing? If You know, I'd go to the amateur nights and I'd see up-and-comers doing it and I thought, I could do that. Ooh, I could probably I be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like a natural kind of progression sort of yes. thing as I got older. So you mentioned that you were obviously cemented in performing arts prior to turning yes. 18. What sort of performing arts were you dabbling in? Uh, I was always singing. Um, like even yes. my parents said that I, I sung before I could speak sort nice. of thing. So like Great. always, always singing. Um, and then kind of when I... Actually, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, my parents enrolled me into like a music school that would have like Ooh. little cool like amateur kid bands and stuff. Nice. So then like by the age of like 11 or 12, I was already like in a band with a bunch of kids like writing my own music. and in like writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, well, fuck me then. That's too many things. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's so much. It was so hard. It is hard. It's, well, I mean, when you're like 12 years old, you're not writing anything that's kind of thought provoking. You know, I'd write about my favorite pair of shoes <laughs> or something like that, which is still very gay, isn't it? <laughs> it's so, very gay. Yeah, it was always just something in me like singing and stuff. So my the parents, band was like, yes, let's sing this song about shoes. Yeah. So ready for it That's yeah, yeah 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 we're all into it and then we'd like kind of perform at like local little festivals around town I'm I always say I'm Rockingham's finest mm. yeah so like <laughs> I'd always do like little shows and stuff around Rockingham and then as I got older I'd do gigs with like I like like people like um Mark Seymour and James nice. Rain yes. and Mental as Anything mm -hmm. and stuff like that and like notable yeah yeah like like I don't know how but I, <laughs> I found myself there somehow it's like a 17 18 year old because you're Rockingham's finest oh well, that's it rocking and rolling <laughs> yes um so yeah it was just like that and um you know as we got older the band kind of 
went their separate ways. Like mm. we all went to TAFE or uni or whatever. Yeah. And um, I went clubbing <laughs> <laughs> and saw the drag queens. And because I wasn't getting my performance outlet anymore, because mm. we all kind of went our own ways, I was like, screw it. Let's do some drag. And So you hadn't just like automatically dived into a performance-based university degree at that point? No, no, no. Shocker. I know. I did um, I did journalism and broadcasting no. instead. Wow. Proper work. I was too punk rock for, for WAPA probably. <laughs> Most of the good ones yeah. are. Most of the good ones Mind are. Mind you, I did, um, I did my diploma of music performance at um, Leaderville TAFE. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah great. Cool. Some cool, great, cool. great lecturers there. Love all those kids. Yeah. They're so fun. You weren't finding like a space to actually put it on because when you're doing I talk about these degrees like they give you a million performance opportunities every week but like they don't <laughs> no. so you weren't getting it out of you and you thought that drag was like hey yeah well I just saw like an open stage and mm. I saw people doing whatever they wanted however they wanted <laughs> yep. you know whenever they wanted and I thought amazing that's what I want to do and yeah, just bought a bunch of really cheap makeup and yes. started practicing at two in the morning, making sure my roommates couldn't hear me playing with brushes in the <laughs> middle of the night. <laughs> um, so do you remember your first performance? Yeah, so it's actually funny because um, kind of I was doing drag, like just kind of rocking up and like going out and partying as like a oh, woman, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't actually perform just yet. I entered a competition. It was Pop Princess at the time, but yeah. it's Pop Royalty now at Connections. And um, a lot of the other up-and-comers were kind of gas-bagging and, you know, gossiping about mm. me entering because mm. according to them, I hadn't performed before. Oh, and, okay. Like, but the entire, every night you went out as her, you were performing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, pretty much, you know. So, like, they all kind of didn't realize that I had a performance background mm. and the gossip kind of got a bit nasty being like, why is this new up-and-comer doing a comp competition? She's going to, you know, sing. she got in. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's it. So um, I just kind of was like, enough is enough. I'm just going to rock up at Drag Factory. I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Prior to Pop Princess starting. Was yeah, so prior, yeah. prior to the competition starting, I was like, let's, let's shut these queens up yeah. let's you know so I rocked up to drag factory at the court and a couple of the people I was competing against in that night were the ones who were talking of smack course, always the way and um I swept the floor with them and I won <laughs> <laughs> and that was like three months into wait, it wait I'm gonna dive in I want to know what the like, the song numbers you have to do two at oh factory, okay yeah? yeah so I did it's so so quiet by Bjork oh yeah fabulous choice and I did uh, I actually sang um Valerie by Amy Winehouse you did live singing at the court yeah first night I know it's quite the venue for it isn't it's it? just I'm a big <laughs> fan of the court but live singing she does not want me to do <laughs> no no just a bit of fallback would be nice you <laughs> just know? a bit of anything a bit of something <laughs> just a bit of help would be so nice <laughs> yeah 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 so um that's what I did wow and yeah. I wonder you swept the floor that night yeah and then you went into the pop competition yeah just like with a clear mind and, or for you at least being like I've done that part. Yeah. Now I can go into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing I was most worried about was like, please don't fall over in these heels. Please don't fall <laughs> over in these heels. Because I'd always wear the most ridiculous heels as well, like massive platforms because yes. I'm quite a tall lady. You are statuesque. Yes, that's right. But um, I always wanted to emphasize that, especially when I was starting out. So I mm. used to wear like seven-inch like platforms oh with like a 14-inch bloody heel. <laughs> so I used to be like up to seven foot two sometimes. Yes. And, yeah, I just would pray to, like, the gay gods, like, please don't make me stack it. Like, please don't make me stack <laughs> just, it. Just, like, Statue of Liberty about being like, hello, hi, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You will notice me. Exactly, exactly, you know. 
Tallest one in the room. Um, So we've talked, a lot of people have talked a lot about competitions on this podcast before, Mm -hmm. but no one's actually like told me what a drag competition entails. Is it weekly challenges that you find out the week of, or do you get like told this is the package for every week at the start? Like how do you run through a competition like Pop Royalty at the time, obviously? Um, Well, it was like about maybe four to six weeks before the competition, we'd do like a little photo shoot to like, you know, get all the content mm-hmm. for the promo stuff. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, Barbie is the one who runs mm. Pop Royalty. And um, when we would do those photo shoots and stuff afterwards, she'd hand us out the the package ah, and she would cool. talk through what was expected. Nice. And things like that. So there's plenty of... Um, Plenty of time to prepare. Yeah, because I think people have a lot of like misconceptions because of what they say on TV as like what a competition in drag especially will look like. They're like, this is the one thing that can be and it can't be anything else. Exactly. So it's good to know that like no, nobody like threw us in the shit. This is like how we were taught. Yeah. Well, even like with the ones on TV, like we're only looking through like a certain frame of it, you know. They they get months to prepare, Mm -hmm. you know. So... Yeah, the the magic of editing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess happens on stage at these competitions too. People only see like that one night each week. Yeah, I always say the real show happens backstage. Oh, does it now? Oh, my goodness. Because like there's nothing more, for me, amazing. There's nothing more amazing than seeing someone being this essence on stage and then getting off and then literally transforming themselves yes. sometimes within 30 seconds head to toe taking clothes off and having sometimes two people on them zipping them up and making mm. their hair good and then they get whooshed straight back out on stage and they're that essence again you know like it's just so magic I've done plenty of um shows where I've been a dresser backstage yeah. helping people get into it and I, it's just so much fun it's really so it's much a fun. good job it's so intense and like I love be it in that like in between between like a human and like a queen and just like who's this person in the middle for yeah literally it's yes. a magic spot. It's limbo. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so is limbo. Yeah, is, is that something that you really thrive in as well? Is those quick change moments? Oh my god, I yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I do. I can do. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, I love a quick change. I love the adrenaline. Yes, I love going. Like, am I going to make it? Of course, I'm going to make it. Like, yeah. we're going to be good. And like, <laughs> the kind of like unspoken like we've got this, like mm. with my dresses and stuff. It's yeah. so much fun. I love it. It's the best part for me. And then you go out there and then you're like, I'm a woman <laughs> and I'm in something else now. Check yes. me out. I did this you all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> that part too is like, I didn't hire anybody. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So much fun. Like, can you compare just for people listening? Because obviously Donna has such an incredible presence. Now oh. in 2023, if I do say so myself, mm-hmm. Um her now to her then and what you think like the major differences are oh it's there's huge huge differences when I first started um I used to think like you know like I said I used to wear the most ridiculous shoes (laughs) and um I'd make sure I'd have the most ridiculous massive wig Mm. and I used to love like really bright colorful wigs like fire engine red and I used to love like really hideous patterns (laughs) and like all that sort of stuff and now it's like I don't know blonde bombshell now yeah. like it's like it's like, like I learned to be pretty and then I was like <laughs> why would I want to be a clown anymore when I can be like a pretty lady you know I learned to be pretty it's yeah like the, best, the best thing I think I've ever heard well like, I think everyone can relate to that it's like and then I was ugly and now I'm I'm better <laughs> yeah and and that journey always kind of shapes 
a performer as well, mm. whether they go from, you know, a drag monster to like a pretty goddess, like yeah. whatever it is, whatever that journey is, it's that progress that always like, it's always unique to that individual performer. Totally, it's yeah. so fun. I love I've it. I've also seen like the complete reverse where like yeah. people go out and they think that like glam is what they should be when they really want to be like a little rat creature. Yeah, and that's really exciting too. And they go to the monster route and it's so cool. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. And like, yeah. Do you think that like the, the music that she performs has changed a lot too along with like the look? Well, like, I don't know. I used to, when I first started, like, like I said, I did like Bjork and stuff mm. like that, which isn't the most contemporary like, you know, no, but then you've got Valerie sitting next to it, yeah, which is a completely different thing. Like, too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I used to kind of go for like what I'd kind of was vibing with, obviously. Mm. But then now I kind of like I'm more of like a Kylie Minogue, more of a <laughs> Miley Cyrus, that I even like Paris Hilton and Jessica Simpson and yeah. all that trashy Other blonde. blonde pop. <laughs> yeah, all the blondes, you know. You like, put on a blonde wig and go, who else is blonde? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anna Nicole Smith, Pamela oh, Anderson, yes. all of them. Yeah. I'm kind of like I used to be such like a clown, but now this probably sounds a bit weird, but I'm so, in terms of my drag, I'm so obsessed with like the male gaze, the the stuff that guys like look at with a woman mm. or like a girl and like typical things that guys are like, oh yeah, that's nice and stuff. I'm obsessed with like that. So I'm like, all right, big boobs, tiny waist, yep. big hips, long legs, beautiful blonde hair, big red lip. Yes. I'm like obsessed with like honing in on that sort of like, I guess taste. I kind of love that because you think like, people will be like, "I don't dress for anyone but myself." And you're like, "No, no, I'm dressing for a very specific person who thinks that people in magazines exist." Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I kind of, and I think, like you know, I always say, "I'm not a real woman. I'm mm-hmm. an unreal woman." Yes, yeah, so good. You know, so I think using the male gaze as my inspiration mm. to be an unreal woman is kind of like. You know, it works for that it's that so goal. Interesting too, because like it, be saying it is an unreal woman, but also being like, this is an image that nobody in real reality can yeah. achieve Absol- on purpose. But I'm going to make her happen. I'm going to make her happen. At yeah. least I'll try to anyway. You know, and I always say like, you know, if I'm at the club and I'm looking like that, mm-hmm. and if it makes guys look at me that way and it saves like a cis woman from being objectified like that then I'm doing my job (laughs) you know it's like come give me attention boys leave her alone she doesn't want it but I'll take it (laughs) taking one for all of the women Uh, absolutely this is for you girls (laughs) (laughs) the true feminist icon Donica Brown oh I don't know about that but I'll take it I've been called many things in my life (laughs) feminist icon not yet being on the list I'll put it there it's just you know I'm working towards it (laughs) (laughs) waving the flag for us all yes (laughs) but now um, Donna not only performs but also like creates spaces for other people to perform as well yeah Drag Factory yeah tell us a little bit about that so uh, Drag Factory at the court um, it's it's so surreal for me because like that's where I got my start Mm -hmm. and that's where I you know Hannah Condor was hosting it with the amazing Ruby Jules and yes, Veronica yeah. Jean Jones and people like that. And um, they were the ones that made me want to do drag. Mm. And now I'm the one in their position many moons later. And I have to like pinch myself every mm. single time. And like even um, just seeing the like the fresh faces coming up and I see myself in so many of them and I'm just like, oh, guys, it's so good. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And like I'll ask them what they're doing or what they're wearing and like, I just get so excited because yeah. like 
like I said, yeah, I see myself in them, and yeah, it's heartwarming, and yeah. and I have to pinch myself because it's such a like a foundation for the Perth drag it, community, yeah, drag definitely. factory. It's been going on for years, and, yeah. Um, I'm so blessed and lucky to have that um, torch really passed special. to me. Yeah. So, what do you think is important when like fostering the next generation of like of baby drags as you see them come through? Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. Thank um, <laughs> I always think um, the most important thing like a baby should be doing when they're like first starting is constantly looking for inspiration, constantly. Ooh, yes. Uh, yeah. broadening their horizons mm. because drag isn't about being one character. It's about being every character. Why mm. be one woman when you can be every woman? Yes, you I'm know? every woman. It's all it's in all me. It's all in me. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, I always say, like, even, like, I, I find inspiration in the Muppets. Yeah, Like, like things so where you wouldn't even think you'd find drag inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things. It's such a pet peeve for me where, like, I see performers up and coming and all their inspirations are other drag queens. Interesting. And it's like, yeah. why do you want to be like them when you can find your own thing in something else that has inspired you in your lifetime that you may not even realize could inspire your drag, mm. you know? It must um, be really hard to, like, as an up-and-coming drag performer to take inspiration from other places when the market is so incredibly saturated with incredible talent yeah and it has become more quote-unquote mainstream yeah so the easiest thing to do is be like i'm going to be like these five people who already exist because i know that works yeah well yeah, yeah i mean it, i mean it's smart yeah. <laughs> it's good business model it's good, good way to go i mean like but it's no fun <laughs> yeah exactly it's like there's how do you find your little like stamp you know mm, if, mm-hmm. if there's like Five other queens that you are inspired by that are doing the same thing, if that's what you're inspired by. And, like, you know, I'm obviously inspired by other drag queens as well. That's It's a given. Mm -hmm. But, like, if that's your be-all and end-all when it comes to inspiration, I always kind of think, like, think think further. Mm. Think, Think deeper. Think, you know... Find these things that, like, you've always loved in your life and dissect it even deeper and find that inspiration where you can kind of put a little sprinkle on top of Mm. your drag, you know? And if you get stuck, like... Look at those queens that or kings that you are inspired by and figure out what inspired them. Yeah. Because you'll find something new that maybe you hadn't explored in the, you know, in the way, way back machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even like, I don't really uh, listen to like current modern music, to be honest, because so many no, of my. No, hang on. You walked in in a Beyonce t shirt. Oh, no. Pardon <laughs> me. No, no. no. This, this is the thing, though. It's like, I've not had an album that's like resonated with me in like so long that's come out recently. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of my inspos are like the 90s, 80s, 70s and things like that. Even the 60s with like Barbarella and stuff. Is your parents were listening to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, um, my mum loves Whitney Houston Mm. and, um, even like I remember going through like my mum's CDs growing up, and there was like this picture of um, Grace Jones, the nightclubbing oh, yes. uh, album cover with mm-hmm. the cigarette and the shoulder pads, and I was just mesmerized by mm. this woman. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? Like, just obsessed, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and like find inspiration in that. I love shoulder pads, shoulder pads and, are so you good. know, like. <laughs> Little things like that and find fashion moments in the most unfashionable places. 
You know, like it's it, it's drag. It can yeah. be whatever you want it to be. Completely. Yeah, I'm saying that as I conventionally want to look like a beautiful woman for men, but yeah. you know, <laughs> you can find it anywhere. <laughs> saying that, being like, and my inspiration are currently any blonde woman specifically. <laughs> if you're blonde, you're mine. Thank you yeah, so much. That's mine. <laughs> You'd be like, I love Miley Cyrus only when her hair is blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not it. Otherwise, it's not for me. Not for me. Thank you no. so much. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you think has changed about Donna? Was she, wait, was she always Donna? Yeah, always wow. Donna. Yeah, that's a bit unusual. Yeah. People normally go through about eight names, don't they? I like, know. Yeah. Well, like before, um, it was like before I did drag, for Drag Factory, there used to be a thing in between the two rounds that they would call Drag Box. Okay. And what they would do is they would get people up from the audience and they'd take them upstairs and they'd get them in quick drag. Oh, my God. And um, bring them downstairs. That's and too much work. I know. <laughs> but, like, before, like, the second round, they would, like, get them all up to do, like, a, a speed round of, mm-hmm. you know, quick drag for, like, a bar card and stuff. And that's where I kind of, like, put my hand up the first time. I was like, ah. oh, I want to do it. And then I think Veronica and Ruby brought me upstairs and got me in quick drag and they were like, what's your name? And I'm like, Donna Kebab. You had it pre I had. I already knew. I already knew. Yeah, I already knew. I already knew what I wanted to do. And um, they all, they both lost it. They were like, oh my goodness. Like, you've you've thought about this girl. And I'm like, oh, just a little bit. Said it too quickly. Yeah. Like, so who do you want to, Donna Kebab, yeah. thank you. <laughs> that's me, that's me. But um, No one else take it. I've trademarked it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the name as well, like, it was like sort of like a, I was eating a Donna Kebab very drunk late at night outside Connections and we were talking about drag names and I was like, oh, mine would be Donna Kebab. And mm. It just kind of like didn't go. Yeah, mm. it just stuck. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, here I am now. And yeah, and I kind of love how the name acknowledges um, like nightlife culture. Yes. I love yeah. how um, common it is. Mm. Like Donna is quite a common name. <laughs> like it's not very. Donna is of the people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like it's a glamorous like, oh, I'm this or blah, blah. Like it's just like Donna. Like it's very like, there you go. What you Especially see is what you get. Especially in our accent too. Donna. Yeah, Donna. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I love it. It's so mm-hmm. common and it's so beautiful. I just love it. And I, I, the name does a lot of work for me. Ah, Because it's very punchy and stuff like people don't usually forget the name like if I'm like I'm Donna Donna Kebab they're like oh my god and they usually don't forget it yeah so as you're like as the character behind Donna has evolved and changed like the the signpost out the front has stayed the same and do you think people still like get the same sort of thing that's in their head that's a weird question. <laughs> no, no, that's what we're here for. Season one of the show is finished. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> you said all the words. Yeah, who do I speak to now? What are, what are the questions that are left unsaid? Well, it turns out that you need to ask people what they reckon other people think of them. That's yeah. um, that's not helpful. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, if you uh, if you want to take it on board and obsess over it, it's not very helpful. But it's always good to know what people are thinking so you can go from there. You know, like yeah. as long as it's not your um point blank oh my god I need to fix this <laughs> oh totally no that's um I call them ears like you find people who are your ears who like actually consume what you're putting out into the universe and then will like tell you what they think in like a like a like maybe a blunt way but more or less because they like actually give a shit about the year yeah because then everything else doesn't really matter mm. but that means that you have to like treat external criticism the way that you treat external positive feedback they both have to come in one ear and go out the other yeah absolutely and it's yin and yang as well like absolutely like and also like this kind of like intimidates a lot of people but I have no issue with like not being liked 
Mm. And like like a lot of like performers and stuff, they're so desperate to be appreciated and liked by everyone and all that sort of stuff. But like drag is art. Art mm-hmm. is subjective. And like you boules, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah absolutely. The Boulet brothers. And like they kind of say it, you know, very eloquently. Um, you know, what I do may not be for everyone. What I say might not be for mm, everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's fine as long as… You let me do my thing and I'm not harming anyone, you know, like we're yeah. all good. Yeah. You, you go party with who you want to party with. And, yeah. You know, and as long as so, we're good and respectful. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many artists and art forms and people and all of the things that you'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I, I'm very relaxed in that sort of like, oh, I don't need to be liked by absolutely everyone sort mm, of thing. But mm-hmm. I think that's just because I've been performing for so bloody long, you know. Yeah, so it's yes. just kind of. I don't of, think you can go into the industry thinking that because like. As a baby performer, you're probably like, you're probably confusing the applause from the audience with like validation from your peers. Yeah. And they're two different things. They're completely like the total opposite Uh sometimes, you know? So it's like, yeah, just relax. And like, even I get off stage sometimes and I'm like, God, that wasn't a good one. (laughs) But like, I don't. Yeah. Slaughter myself over it. I just kind of go, oh, all right, I'll do better next time. I'll practice harder a bit next time. Mm. And oh, that's another thing with uh, performers, like up and comers. Yeah. Um, uh, they always say, like, oh, like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, that's totally cool. Like, you can be nervous, but like, have you practiced? And more often than not, they'll say no. What? And I'll be like, I don't understand. I know. I'm like, oh my God, I'd be shitting myself. I'd be so nervous. That's not nervous. That's I'm leaving. Yeah. But then they'll like come to me after the show and they'll be like, oh, Donna, what did you think of that? And I was like, I usually would just be like, imagine if you practiced. Yeah. And that's not shady. No. That's not, you know, it's like, I was like, if you practiced, you'd be feeling better immediately mm-hmm. about your performance because you put the work into it. And chances are, if you're putting that work into it, you're going to be doing better, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's it's not like, that's not shady. That's no. just how we're supposed to do things, I think, you know? I, I think too. I don't know if they, maybe, is that like a really old thing to be thinking now that you've, you've got to try externally before you try I, on the stage? I know. Is I, that like, are we old? What's going yes, on? Oh, I, I, believe, I believe I have been, I've been informed that I'm old. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> even now, like. As a 28-year-old and I see all the up-and-comers and, like, they're 18, mm. 19. And yeah, like, which, like, oh people go, God. you know, tw- I'm 28, that's not old. Like, yeah, but I've been doing it for 10 years. So yeah. I'm, that's 10 years of, it, like, artistic experience. Yeah, people call me Nana. It's like, oh. No. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Oh <laughs> not Can you yet. imagine, like, this is my drag Nan Nan. And you're like, no, no get out. No, home. no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Um, okay, so I want to dive into you opening your mouth for a completely different reason. Yeah. Uh, after the break, which is, of course, for Queer Piano Bar and your incredible vocal skills. But I'm thirsty, so I'm going to drink a water. Go drink some water, girl. <laughs> Queer Bar, wherever you are, your perfect late-night offering of glamorously gay song is here. In a Fringe World premiere event, the Queer Piano Bar is here to delight and captivate in a genre-blending masterclass of song, accompanied by premier Perth piano talent Gavin Nicolette. For four nights only this February, you can get your tickets through the Fringe World app or website. Sing the night away with a glamorous lineup of award-winning and critically acclaimed vocal talent from the best the festival has to offer. And we are back. I'm still with the absolute privilege of looking at Donna Kebab. Oh, it's good to be seen, darling. <laughs> with all those curls, how could you not? Oh, don't. Yes, yeah, so I put like a little um, 
a hair mask in it. Like the other day, I woke up looking oh. like Shirley Temple. Ooh. It was like insane. That's iconic. Yeah, I just need it down to like past my waist though. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pretty woman Julia Roberts. Oh, and then and then, then do we just get rid of the wigs altogether? Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> you are being devil's advocate right now. Devil, no. I would never. <laughs> Julia is not one with the devil. No, no, but better the devil you know, darling. Mm. Um, before we went to break, I think I maybe, who knows now, uh, started talking about Queer Piano Bar in the sense of like, we're getting you back out on the microphone singing again. I know, yes. Which is very fun and terrifying um, all at the same time. So we talked a little bit about the fact that a lot of these incredible queer venues that we love oh so much um, might not have the best <laughs> microphone system in the world. No. <laughs> uh, to support uh, vocals. But you are a trained vocalist. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Um. So, yeah, like I said, I, like, joined a music school singing before I could speak, even doing, um like... Wrote songs about shoes. Yeah, wrote songs about shoes. (laughs) Even doing, like, my, like, AMEB exams. Oh, all of them, yeah. All of them. And, like, yeah, so it's, like, singing is always something I did. I, like, auditioned for X Factor and things like that when I was 16, 17. Yeah. That's what we thought we had to do when we were that age. That's what we thought we had to do, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. 16, 17, that's what we thought we had to do at 21. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, always sang. Always, always, always. Even in the car alone, I'm always singing, just Mm. constantly humming. I'm a songbird. But um, but singing isn't something that Donna often does. No, no. Well, I mean, I host uh, karaoke at uh, the court on Sundays. That's kind of the most singing I do now. Mm. And even then it's karaoke. Like, I know I'm not trying to downplay karaoke, but like, it's very... um, Sing star. Yeah. Very (laughs) jolly and merry. And you're singing as your pint's swishing out of the glass and stuff. Sweet Caroline. All that, all that crap. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like where I kind of do my singing and get my singing outlet now, mm-hmm. which I love because yes. I, I live in a complex and I don't want to be like, you know, belting out George Michael and things like that for my <laughs> Why wonderful. Why not? Well, I'd love to, but I'm sure my neighbors wouldn't like it. But I, when we first moved into our house, I was like practicing in between the hours of like after nine o'clock and before like three, trying really like to get it in there because I was at uni. Yeah. Um, and I got, I think within the first week of us moving in, I got a letter in the letterbox that was like, please stop opera singing. Thanks. The whole street. <sighs> and oh my God. Were you embarrassed? I embarrassed. I died. <laughs> right <laughs> I there was on the murdered spot. in my own driveway. I was like, I'm dead now. Uh, um, there's nothing more passive aggressive. Anyway. <laughs> Nothing more passive aggressive than like a written note in the handwritten box. note on a scrap piece of paper that says "Thanks the whole street." Like uh. it's just sitting there, like, uh. and you know when you're like practicing on your own too. There's like the first. 10, 15 minutes where you don't sound great. Yeah, you're still warming up. <laughs> you're still you know? warming up. And I'm like, oh, they can all hear me. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, I turned that into, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> I'm doing Bucky it anyway. Is. I sound great. And one day you'll have to buy a ticket to see my show. Yeah, <laughs> and you won't be able to because it'll be sold out. They're so expensive, you can't even afford it. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, we're not there yet. Um, yeah, we're working on it. Working on that. Yeah. So my whole career is a vendetta against whoever... Wrote that note. <laughs> well, it was the whole street. The okay? whole street. They all bandied together and were like, I'll just write this on like the back of a shitty piece of paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got a big list yeah, to like completely. sort out. Completely. But then during the lockdowns, I did like this, this one of those great virtual shows where I had to do stilt walking and opera singing at the same time. My goodness. And I can't do that in my house. No. So I like put a letter in everybody's letterbox. 
And I was like, I'm going to be um, doing it up and down the street. I'm just preparing you for that. Uh, maybe if you want, come watch it from your driveway. It'd be a really nice time. Um, P.S. I'm in stilts. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> this is going to be really scary. Don't touch me or I'll fall on your kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, far out. Yeah. That's intense. Which... And since then, I've actually had no problems because I think they saw, saw what I did and were like, oh, well, okay, we get it. Yeah, we get it. It's fine. You're yeah. a creative. <laughs> this giant woman. Yes. <laughs> just like on stilts, she's going to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so approaching a project like Queer Piano Bar, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about that process for you. I have to just monologue about myself for 20 minutes. So no, like, you're good. Right? No, I love to listen. <laughs> All good. Um, how do I approach a thing like this? I mean, I absolutely jumped at the opportunity. I got it in my inbox and I was just like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I'm going to make sure I look Absolutely fabulous. I've already got, <laughs> I'm picking up my costume for it on Friday, tomorrow. Oh yeah, God. tomorrow. Yep. And, in um, the past, yeah. Yes, in the past, yes. Um, but um, I just kind of, because I got like the 10 minute slot to do what I please. Mm. And um, yeah, I just was kind of picking and choosing and I was going, mm, what do I want to do? I'm like, it's called Queer Piano, but I don't want to do anything that's not queer. You know, mm. I want to be doing something <laughs> that's like, here I am. I'm yep. a. Uh, you know, a queer icon. Here we are. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I just started looking at my inspirations and mm. things like that. I love film and I love musicals and stuff. And I thought the dates are around Valentine's Day. Like, they're around that uh, week. Yes. So I thought I'd do one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite movies, um, Origin of Love. Hedwig and the Angry I was wondering Inch. if you're going to actually drop that. This yes. Such a good song choice. It's, it's brilliant. It's 17 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But it's such a story, mm. you know. Like, I'll just, you know, I won't give away my whole set, but oh, I'll yeah. kind of frame it around, like, Valentine's Day and, like, you know, yes. is there any first dates in the room? You know, yes. I've got a little story for you. You know, like, you know, just make it very conversational mm. and cabaret sort of thing. Like, even when I was performing in a band, I'd always have a moment and talk to the audience because I'm... I find that so interesting and juicy because that's often the bit that, like, live singers just, like, shit their pants and run away from be like, oh, you would say something to them. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, like, (laughs) they'll sing, like, this huge operatic number or, like, the most grungiest, like, Mm. intense vocal song ever and put all this passion into it and then if they have to say hi to anyone, they just, they die. Yeah, they die, (laughs) yeah. Well, I just want to, I just... I want it to feel like they're in my front room and mm. I'm just having a good time with them, you know. Yes. I, I always try to thrive for that when it comes to Donna. Like I always want the audience to at least be comfortable and having a good time, mm. and, you know, and I feel like chatting to them and having moments with them and even touching them and, you know, yeah. it, 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 it really uh, breaks the fourth wall and that's what cabaret's about, obviously, you know. it's You know, I, I just love doing that and I love yeah. making people smile and so that's kind of always my focus and... Uh, taking that and um, breaking the chains of, you know, (laughs) mouthing my words to someone else and Mm. then making it so I'm the one who's, you know, singing. It's it's marrying two of my passions and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so so much fun. I'm so excited about it. And I think I remember what my goddamn point was. Um, In these other other venues that we love um, that we can't often sing live at, it's the reason I gave everybody like a lot of control over what they did Mm -hmm. in their 10-minute slot, Um, except for the finale. But that's a surprise. You've got to buy tickets, dot, dot, dot. Um, If you're singing live, you can sing it however you want to sing it. Yeah, you put your own little... And you put your own little thing on it Mm. and it's like your story and your interpretation. But then if you like, you know, 
get the latest track by Gaga. Gaga's already put like a stamp on it. And yeah. if you're going to lip sync it, can you really have your own interpretation of it? Is that a stupid question? Let's no, find out. No, 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 that's a great question. Um, in terms of like uh, vocally and stuff, you can't really put like your own swing on it unless mm. you want to put like a silly facial expression for like the high note or something. <laughs> yeah. But I always kind of take uh, the accents in the music. Oh, and interesting. I, and then I'll like, you know, I'll do like mm-hmm. a hit on like a hit, but like I'll do my own little thing or like whatever it is. I, I find a lot of um, the flavor that I want to put into a, a performance, mm-hmm. I find it in the instrumentation rather than the rather vocals. Than vocals. Is yeah. it, that's so interesting. Is it important to know the original vocalist's interpretation? Or does that just not matter? Uh, in terms of sinking uh, your mouth with it, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, but like not, you don't need to dive into like why they wrote the song because you're still uh, going to do your own thing with well, it. Well, it depends what you're getting from it and depends what you want to take from it. I mean, like for me, I, I when especially when I first started, I would take a song and I would like really like dissect the lyrics, but I'd flip them on its head. Mm. Uh, one of my performances that I'm most known for, um, I do Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Amazing. Um, And I come out with a pregnant belly and I like give birth on stage and then like by the end of it, I'm swinging my baby by the (laughs) umbilical cord, like just having a good time. But like, I mean, the lyrics are, I believe the children are the future, teach them well and let them lead the way. And it's it's my mum's favourite song. So it's like such a love letter Mm. that I did for mm-hmm. my mum. Like, mm. now I'm pregnant and doing my mum's favourite song. And, like, it's <laughs> such a moment for me. And, um, yeah, I guess that's a way, that's in a way how you could take uh, lyrics or, like, someone singing and making it your own by putting your own story to it and totally. performing it in that way yeah. rather than um, thinking about how your mouth should move to it or anything like that, yeah. you know, like kind of present a story with the lyrics and the words, but like something that isn't necessarily what the song is about, mm. but something that it could be about, you yeah. know, like and yeah. making it your own. And I think that's what drag's about, making it your totally, own. Totally, yeah. yeah, which is really exciting. I'm also like super fascinated by like what we interpret a song to be versus what the audience sees. Oh, yeah. So you're like you're doing like this amazing love letter to your mom and some people are probably like gagging over that and other people are going, swing it around again. Yeah, <laughs> like, at face value, it's yeah. just a fabulous comedy number. Yeah. But And I love that. It's mm. subjective. And like I said, some people are going to love that and people are going to think, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I I think that's totally fine. Yeah. I, I have a lot of comfort in that. Like yeah. It's, it's kind of the best art. part of it is yeah. somebody later being like, and I got this, this and this out of it. And did you now? That's great. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh yeah, you're nailing it. <laughs> that's that's right where I was with that totally. concept. Whatever, whatever is in your head, you are correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, who am I to say no to, to what you got from it? <laughs> um, can you give us any little teasers on, besides the Valentine's Day element, mm. what your interpretation of this incredible song is for QPB? Oh, my goodness. Um, I just, I mean, it's hard to interpret anything outside of what's actually being presented because it's such a detailed, beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just just love the story. I just think it's so fabulous. Um, uh, The imagery that comes with it, like, and like, because it's such a detailed story where people can kind of, you know, get images in their mm. head of what I'm saying. And I'm happy to 
have the audience make up their own mind on that. And Ooh, yes. I just do my thing and let yeah. them have it sort of thing. It's a great piece too. Obviously, like sits inside of a, busy, a bigger musical. Yeah. But as a standalone piece too, I don't even think you need to know anything about the musical. No, you don't need to do all. any research. No. Just come along and watch Donna shing her heart out. Yeah, and because everyone's got like... Everyone wants to be loved, right? And everyone wants... Theoretically. Theoretically, <laughs> one way or another, yeah. you know. So I think everyone will take something from that story that mm-hmm. the song's about. Totally. Absolutely. Gosh. Okay, let's do the really exciting part where we just list all of the incredible people in QPB and give it one final plug because we have two shows left on the 17th and 18th of February at the brand new Fringe Hub Liberty Theatre. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Brand Just on new. Barrack Street. Yeah. Beautiful. Hop, skip and a jump away. Yes. And I mean, I, I, I love the cast as well. I'm looking forward to working with Joel Davis. I saw them in Priscilla mm. and, you know, I've even listened to their music on SoundCloud. Yeah. So stunning. I've never yeah. worked with Gavin before, but I love working with a live instrument person. A, yes. A, a, a oh my musician. God. <laughs> a, 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 an instrumentalist and a pianist like Gavin too. Uh, like is somebody who is so incredibly well trained as like a jazz pianist first and foremost, which is great because I love somebody who can like fix my mess ups. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, thanks, can you just cover for me? While- <laughs> <laughs> just take it into the jazz room. Just, you know. just for a moment while yeah. I figure out what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the rehearsal situations as well because I just love having a jam with like mm, other people yeah. like it's so much fun and then the burlesque girls we've got autumn days and yes. uh, malika moon they're beautiful incredible performers i'm so excited to see malika like sing live and her songs sound incredible autumn days is of course a mixed burlesque finalist of 2022 yes. and is reinventing their sing and strip moment. So we've got like a double-edged sword going Ooh, on there. Oh, best of both worlds. Yes, yes. Very Hannah Montana of her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, you know what? You've heard me advertise this show a whole bunch now. Um, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of all of the incredible people in it. Um, yeah. Come, look, just see it. Thank you. Just buy a ticket. <laughs> Come see it. It's going to be fun. You'll have a good time. Yeah, exactly. And as always, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send your questions to wayxwasapod at gmail.com. And we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you, Donna. Would you like to plug your socials for everybody? Yes. You can find me on Instagram at the Donna Kebab. Um... Yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, Just find me there. We'll have a good chat there. Google Donna Kebab, you'll find her. You'll find me. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Do you think yeah. people get what they reckon they get in their brains? You're like, I don't fucking know what people is in their head. Shut it's up. a yes from me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what I mean either. Oh. I was like, I've got a really weird, like wise wisdom question. And it turns out, <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Shut up. You've been talking too long, clearly. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu.